Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, February 10th, 2019. The scripture today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, in which also you stand, through which also you are being saved. If you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. Something that you may not know is that... From 1975 until 1998, I was the youngest member of the family on my father's side. And my cousins from my mother's side all lived out west and didn't get to spend much time with them. And my second cousin, Elise, who's now on a full scholarship at the Harvard of the South, I mean, Louisiana Tech, uh, Uh, She lived in a way where I wasn't around her much either. And I tell you that to let you know that I have not had much experience with children, specifically babies. And in 2011, after Aaron went on leave of absence, uh, we moved to Madisonville. And shortly after we were at Madisonville, a family in our church adopted a brand new baby girl. And Dad was traveling he was literally a snake oil salesman. He sold venom to emergency, anti-venom to emergency rooms. He was literally a snake oil salesman. And mother was a neonatal nurse practitioner at a hospital in New Orleans. And Aaron was their nanny. Took care of Landry for two and a half years till the family moved back to Georgia. And one of the times, we were usually spaced it to where we didn't have Landry at night. It was usually during the day. But I'll never forget the first time Landry came to spend the night at our house. And it was, uh, um, yeah, I know less about, I knew less at that time about babies than I did about preaching, okay? I mean, it was that bad. And uh, Aaron went to go to the shower, and Landry started crying, and I said, what do I do? She said, feed her. I said, what? So Aaron made a bottle, and I said, what do I do with this bottle? She said, stick it in her mouth. She'll know what to do from there. Just stick it in her mouth, and Landry will take it from there. Sure enough, don't quote me on this, but my wife was right. Stick the bottle in the baby's mouth, and Landry went to town. I tell you that story to let you know, I think a lot of times what trips Christians up is we overcomplicate things. We overcomplicate things related to our faith. 
We overcomplicate things related to our church. After all, we're the Methodist church, we're the committee church, okay? We know how to overcomplicate something immensely just to play politics. When it could have been done in 30 seconds and nobody had known any difference. We overcomplicate things. We overcomplicate things also to the point that I want to share with you a number, 78. 78, does anybody know what 78 is? Hold on, we're going to get that back to that toward the end of the sermon. But one of the ways that I think the church way overcomplicates things is we overcomplicate what it takes to grow the kingdom of God. We try to figure out formulas and strategies. We try to figure out pastors. We try to figure out exactly what we want, exactly what we need, blah, blah, blah. We go with the right committees or the right leadership or the right this or the right that. We overcomplicate it and today is very simple. Today's message and today's scripture is just like what Aaron told me, stick the bottle in Landry's mouth and she'll know what to do with it. Landry had not read a book on how to take a bottle. I mean, Landry's a smart girl, but she was, I mean, she was a baby, like maybe four or five months old at the time. <clears throat> so Landry had not studied how to take a bottle. She just knew. She was born with that instinct. It's the reason why a newborn baby starts rooting around. They're looking for food and they know where to find it. And Paul today is wrapping up a letter to the Corinthians and he makes a very simple story. And I'm going to make it as simple as we can. As Strider did such a great job reading us. First thing Paul says in what's known as chapter 15, now I would remind you. When it comes to telling the story, part of the reason why we stink at growing the kingdom of God is we have forgotten what the story is about. We try to make the gospel about us and about our church. It's like I, I had a group of church leaders I was meeting with last fall about something, and uh, they mentioned something about needing to get more people at church. I said, why? Because you want to grow the kingdom of God or because you're worried about the survival of your church? And as your pastor, I told them, if their concern is about the survival of an organization, then you're entering into evangelism for the wrong reason. Evangelism is not about us. Telling the story of God is not about us. It's about God. And we spread the gospel so that we will not forget. We spread the gospel because so that we will not forget. This is, the part, this is another part of our series that we've been going through since the beginning of the year on hate. Enough is enough. And we've been exploring biblical foundations for behaviors and patterns and attitudes that will lead to us at least dialing down the temperature at least in our spirit, sphere of influence. And when we're telling God's story, it's no longer about us, but it's about God. And we tell that story so that we will not forget because part of the reason why hatred flourishes and I hate to say this, within as well as beyond the walls of Christianity and beyond, within and beyond the walls of a congregation as we forget the story. We forget the story of the cross and the fact that there's not a one of us that has any more standing with God than anyone else. We are all sinners in need of His grace. 
And that grace was given to us not because of anything we've done, but because God loves us. And He loves us so much that He gave us His Son. And just as Paul was telling the Corinthians this story, so we too remember that we tell the story to each other and to the world so that we will not forget. Part of the reason why we struggle with telling people the story is we try to figure out the words to come up with. But you notice what Paul said. He said, For I handed on to you what I in turn had received. For I, you know, Paul did not say, For I handed on to you some nuggets of wisdom that I came up with on my own by spitballing. And that's the second thing we need to remember. We do not have to write the story that will combat hatred. We do not have to write the story. There is no room for gospel and hatred in the same space. And when we tell the story, we must remember that we're not telling our story. When it comes to growing the ministries of our church, when it comes to expanding our witness within the river and beyond, it is not about us. It is not about our church. It's not about our congregation. It's not about our buildings. It's not about our ministries. We are telling a story that has already been written by God himself. And when we take the pressure off to think we have to come up with the story, and when we figure out that it's not about us because the story's already written, all we have to share, then we get to take our egos out of it. And when we take our egos and our pride and our prejudices out of it, and we take the attitude of Paul of handing on to others that which was given to us, we dial down the temperature a little bit. And you notice, we'll back up just a verse. He says, I, he's talking about, I share with you this news. And he says, if, which also you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you. I want everyone in this room to understand something. Christianity is not about beating you up about your past. Christianity is not about making you feel worthless. Christianity is not about beating you over the head. Christianity is focused on your future, not your past, because we worship a God who says, Behold, I make all things new. God's is a story about our future, not our past. And part of the way that we dial the hatred down Part of the way we dial the temperature down in our world and in our societies and our churches and our families and in our communities is if we remember that Jesus Christ did not come to beat us up. What, did, what do we read in John 3, 17? For indeed, He came not to condemn the world, but that all may be saved through Him. I reject completely a gospel that is about beating you up and making you feel like nothing. The reason why we worship Jesus Christ is because we worship a God who makes all things new, including us. Yes, we need to come to terms with our past. Yes, we need to confess those things that have not been of God. We need to turn away from a life of sin and death. And we need to embrace that God's story is about our future. Because when we focus on our future, we focus on hope. 
And when we, tell, when we look at the story of God as a story of hope, that's a story we want to tell everyone else. Think about it. We tell stories of hope all the time. We tell them about our children. We tell them about our grandchildren. We tell them about our church. We tell them about our families. We tell them about our schools. We tell them about our sports teams. We tell them about all our various clubs. We tell stories of hope about so many things. Let us not forget that the gospel of Jesus Christ is a story of hope and it is a story about our future and not our past. And finally, I'm not going to read all the rest of it. But, I want to, but he goes on and he tells the story about what Jesus Christ did. And he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, and this is important if you ever meet someone who tries to bring out their church resume about membership or if they try to bring out their church resume about money given or physicians held. Paul says, on the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. It was not I, but it was the grace of God within me. That is why there's no membership status. We don't have diamond, gold, silver, platinum membership levels. Because the story that we share that combats hatred by its mere existence, the story is about God's work and not ours. The story is about God's work and not ours. And we must never forget that. We must never forget that the story we tell, the work we do is not ours, but it is God's. And because it is God's, we can tell everyone. We can live in such a way that all who are gathered and all who we meet have a place. And when we make it about God's work, not ours, then we have a story to tell that takes us out of the equation. Because the most tragic thing in the world would be for us to forget these lessons. And for someone we know and love, to at some point say, I didn't know. I had no idea God loved me that much. We have a story to tell, we better tell it. And the 78% number I gave you is the accepted wisdom that 78% of people who become involved in the life of a church become involved because a member of the church invited them to know Jesus and invited them to know the church. It wasn't a pastor, it wasn't a program, it wasn't a building, it wasn't a style of worship. It wasn't a hundred other things that we spend our time arguing about. It's because someone loved them enough that they told them the story. And if we are not telling the story of God's love, that somebody's tell, telling a story. And we have a story that is the exact opposite of hate. Let us be people who tell the story. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast. You may find out more about our ministries at fumcderitter.org.